Hey everyone, welcome back to Land Investing Online, where we teach students how to profitably buy and sell vacant land. This is the simplest, least competitive, and most profitable sector of real estate. For more information, visit landinvestingonline.com. Join our free Discord with tons of successful investors. Ron and I are very involved as well. Come learn from the best. Once again, guys, I'm joined with my brother and partner, Ron Apke. Welcome back. Hey, Dan. Good to be here. Let's go over a question from one of our members before we get started. Um, it's actually a pretty interesting question, and it's a really common question. They, they asked, when will I be able to quit my day job? So I'm assuming they went, um, they just got the course, it looks like, and they're just getting started. And I guess their ultimate goal is to be able to leave their job, just like a lot of other people in this business, and it's very doable. And Ron and I were able to do the same. Um, so let's jump into that question. What, what do you think, Ron? When will he be able to quit his day job? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I know this member and they're new and they're ambitious and they want to do well. We're actually going to have a podcast on this here very shortly, um, a full podcast on how to make this a full-time job. So we don't want to get too deep into it. Um, but uh, you, you got to make sure you send a lot of mail. You got to make sure you're pricing correctly. Uh, you don't want to quit your job until you have a steady income with this. Uh, depending on your situation, if you have kids, you have a family, like you obviously want to be able to support them. Uh, that's the most important thing. Uh, but I mean, we see people do it here in three months, pretty, pretty consistently. We also, people who do it slower might do it, take a year before they want to. Some people never want to quit their job. They just want some extra money. Uh, so it's really dependent on, you need to be sending, I would say 10,000 mailers a month in. Um, which we just talked about in our most previous or in our previous mailer. So uh, send a lot of mail, you'll get deals and then uh, get your systems right. And I, I think it can lead to that pretty fast if you're working hard. Yeah. And um, I, I think it took us about six months to completely be living two of us full time. But we dove in, we were sending 10,000 a month. We made a lot of mistakes, got those mistakes out of the way early. I'm not saying we don't make mistakes now. Obviously, we do all the time, but those big mistakes are crucial to go through at, at first, I think. And there's so many different variables in it, like uh, how you're implementing what we teach in the course and pricing and all that stuff. But it took us six months. It's very, very doable. I'd say six to eight months um, if you dive in full time like that. I've seen a lot of people do it quicker than that as well. So it really it really um, just depends on, on how you're implementing what we teach. And I, I do, Ron said a point on how you don't want to just rush and quit your day job. Having a consistent cash flow when you're doing this so you're not stressed about spending mail money is really important. And just reinvesting those profits back to mail is also really important. We had another episode where we talked quite a bit about that as well. But I had a friend, um, my background was e-commerce and drop shipping. And I had a friend tell me um, that he thought it's one of my friends down here. He thought I did it right by keeping my day job for as long as I did, because I was able to reinvest all of my profits back in. And then when I did decide to quit my day job a couple of years ago, I really was financially free at that time. And things worked out instead of quitting early and making, you know, four to 7,000 a month, maybe, or whatever it is. And then you have to pay your bills and everything. Then at the end of the day, you only have a few hundred bucks to reinvest. I was able to take all of that four to seven or $10,000 and just push it right back in. So I think that's a point I wanted to emphasize. Don't just rush and jump out because those, those profits reinvesting really will help you exponentially grow. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I, I didn't think about that. But uh, yeah, if you don't have to use your land profits to live and you have something else, I mean, you, you can grow way faster exponentially opposed to kind of being a, a smaller uh growth. 
Yep, exactly. So with that being said, I hope that helped you guys. Um, especially if you guys are newer or, and I, I feel like so many of our students are in that situation where they want to quit their day job. They started, they sent out mail and they just want, they want answers. And to be honest, there is no answers. You just got to kind of wait and see and keep, keep grinding. But our topic today is bottlenecks in the land flipping business. This is based on what our members have run into, what we have run into in the past, what we hear people, um, just bottlenecks in the land flipping business. But what the heck is a bottleneck, Ron? So a bottleneck is kind of something that's keeping you from getting to the next place, of pen, uh, essentially. So like that top of the bottle, it's thinner. Um, it's something that's keeping you from getting to uh, kind of greater success, honestly. Um, and I have quite a few of them. Do you want to get it started, Dan, or uh, me too? Go ahead. Um, so the first one we kind of see is, uh, so after they become a member and they're interested in everything, is just a male bottleneck. So a male, I kind of put the male and fear in the same category. Because um, before you've done this, you don't have a proof of concept other than our members who are successful, other than us who have taught you the way to do it correctly. Uh, so you need to get the right amount of mail out and you can't be scared. Like you have to trust what you've done. Some people will take days and weeks pricing a mailer opposed to getting it out. Um, I really urge against this and having a deadline where let's say I give myself till Sunday night, if you're working a nine to five job, I wanna get this mailer out by Sunday night and I'm gonna hit that send button and get it out. Um, and that fear comes in when you see kind of, the mail is the most expensive thing. We talk about it a lot um, and there's fear involved with, you, you don't know what you're gonna get back. I can't tell you for sure what you're gonna get back, but that does become a bottleneck because it's keeping you from getting to the next thing. If you don't send mail, if you're scared to send mail, you're never going to get your first deal. Yeah, it's a big question mark. And I think that's what scares people. It's, it's you don't know what you're going to get back, like Ron said, and that freaks people out because they're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on this. But at the same time, guys, this is how we make money. We send out mail and we get deals back from that price mail. And it's just so crucial to get over that fear hump. I think that is the number one obstacles um, bottleneck in this business is getting over that and staying consistent with mail because that that is I mean I was scared at first I think everyone goes through it you just have to commit this is the number one bottleneck that's the number one thing you have to get over once you get over that fear of spending money on mail things good things are going to come I, I promise you that so just stay consistent through that the second one that I have here that Ron and I specifically have run into a lot I put realtors on here what do you think Ron yeah, that's a big one. I didn't have that. Let me touch base real fast. Um, so before mail and fear, I mean, it kind of builds into the fear. And I'm sure you've seen this a lot with people, Dan, like everyone's saying, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to do this. I want to do that. A big, big, big bottleneck before you getting started is being able to invest in yourself in a course. I'm not selling our course in a course. Um, and that's a huge bottleneck for people to even get started in the entrepreneur game. And if you're that scared, maybe it's not the right thing for you to be honest. Um, but I want to touch base on that. You said realtors, Dan. Yeah. And, and going back to that, yeah, investing in yourself. So if you guys have already bought in our course, that's a really big first step because it's a commitment, right? It's, it's, it's not cheap. Courses aren't cheap in general. We spend a lot of time with our students and it's just a big step for someone to spend. I mean, our course is $9.95 plus $99 a month. That's a big step for someone to do. And that's the first step. That's the first fear obstacle to get over. But you have... You can't really, I mean, you can, you can try to learn this yourself without taking one of our courses or someone else's course. But personally, I've bought over 20 courses in my life. I actually counted them the other day. 
I was looking, I bought in Google ads, Facebook email or emailing, emailing uh, classes and different um, Facebook ads, Google ads. What else have I bought? Drop shipping courses, Kindle publishing courses. I've bought so many different courses over and I think it contributes to some of the success I've had because I wouldn't know how I would learn this without a course. And the first steps diving in and, and really diving in, buying a course and implementing it. But that's all I wanted to touch on that. Yes. So the next one we have is realtors. Um, the biggest thing for me is it's hard to find good realtors. Um, that's been a bottleneck of ours because you, it takes so much workload off of us um, that we, we want to use realtors, but it's hard to find good realtors. And then along with that, another bottleneck is the realtors taking a long time to post it and not being urgent with it. So it's kind of two bottlenecks there, I think. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, if that's a big bottleneck for you and you don't have a lot of deals I, and you're really struggling finding realtors and we talked, we had a whole marketing podcast, I would suggest uh, selling the land yourself. Um, if you're not super busy and you have time to sell it yourself, I would do that and kind of eliminate that bottleneck and keep looking for realtors and you, until you feel good about one. Um, and I don't want to get too deep into exactly how to find them because we talked about that in a lot of detail, but I think that's a huge thing. And we've struggled with it because I'm pretty demanding from our realtors. We, we usually pay them top dollar, um, 10%. So I'm, I'm pretty demanding from them and expect things. So it's not, it's not easy for me to find one that I feel good about. Was that our, um, which podcast, if people are interested, did we have that on? Uh, marketing land in 2022. I would think we touched on that pretty well, right? Yeah, I think so. So go back and watch marketing land in 2022. It, uh, we go into that a lot, but, um, and we kind of tell you how to choose good realtors as well. And in our course, we talk about this as well. Um, the next one I have after realtors. So, so far we have uh, sending the mail, mail and the fear of mail and we have realtors. The next one I'd say, which I think we personally have done a decent job, but just listening to some of our members is the systems and the CRMs to keep up with your growth. So you've gotten past that fear. You're sending a lot of mail and you have an influx of deals coming in and an influx of calls coming in, how to keep up with them. This is where systems and CRMs and keeping organized and, you know, I think, I think it's so important to grow. What do you think? Yeah, I have that, uh, I have that a little more down my list. Um, but a hundred percent, like if you can't, if you don't have a way of managing the inbound calls and then manage, managing the deals itself, like it's going, it's going to take a toll and you're going to lose deals, I think more than likely. Um, so I, I think that's a huge one is systems. There's a lot of cheap CRMs out there. We use Airtable. I'll, I'll link down in the description our Airtable link if you don't have that already. Um, but uh, no, I, I think that's a huge thing as far as, and it's not necessarily a CRM. Maybe it's Excel and you just have a really good process with Excel, um, but something where you can manage your leads, manage your deal flow, manage your due diligence and manage what you're actually selling as well is really important. Yeah, like right now, I think Ron and I have about 25 deals in every section of our um, buying process. So we're buying 25, we have 25 for sale, and we have 25 we're selling or something around that, maybe 20, 20, 20. Try to, I, I hear some land people, and this is fine at first, that are keeping track of all this stuff with pen and paper. Try to keep track of 60, 70, 80 deals with a pen and paper and see how that works with all the other calls coming in, with all the other potential deals. It just isn't going to happen. You have to build and, and don't worry about this at first. I want to stress that because you can do it with pen and paper if that's what you're comfortable with and you can do it well. I just wouldn't send 20,000 mailers if you're doing that. So I think if you're trying to scale this business, 
really, really make a great full-time living, you need to implement systems and CRMs. Exactly. I think that's really, you need, you need an answering service. You need a CRM. You need automations in there too. If you're trying to really make it with this, you need some automations in there. It can't just be you answering the phone and then you typing in people's information because the next phone call is going to come before you hang up. Um, and then you're, you can't do anything else throughout the day. Um, but moving on from there, Dan, I had one that's probably maybe a little before that. I don't know but I kind of, I wrote down pulling the trigger on deals. So a lot of people like mm. do a ton of extra due diligence with due diligence is never a bad thing. Um, but there is a point when the due diligence is over and you can determine whether it's a good or bad deal. And I see this on both ends not necessarily pulling the trigger. Yes. It's either way. Like you need to get that deal out of your mind, whether you're going to purchase it, whether you're going to negotiate with the seller or whether you're just going to say, no, like this isn't the right piece of land for me. People get so Maybe they don't even have a purchase agreement and don't have an agreement and they're just doing all this due diligence, wasting hours on end on a deal that they can't even make happen if they like it. Um, I see this a ton from beginners. The best thing to do is get that next mailer out opposed to wasting time on a deal that probably won't ever happen. If you do have a purchase agreement and the seller wants to sell, do your due diligence, make a decision. You have three options, yes, no, or negotiate essentially. So choose one of those three and move on. And keep it moving forward. Like if, if you don't know and you have a realtor in the area going to look at it, get that realtor there and schedule it and then follow up with them and just keeping things moving, keeping things in. We, ha we have a good system we use and it, things sometimes stay where they are. And we're like, we need to make a decision on this. And we're like, all right, let's get pictures. Getting pictures is the next step. Let's get pictures of the property, look at it, keeping it moving. You don't want it just sitting there. You want it always moving so you know what's going on. Whether it's you need to get pictures, negotiate, maybe you're getting a realtor there. Don't just let it sit. We had a situation actually come the other day where we lost a deal because we weren't quick enough with the guy. Um, and I guess he got another offer from somewhere else or a neighbor or something. And we lost a deal because of it. And it just proves that like urgency in this bit, these, these people get our letter and they see that we can close within one to you know two weeks or whatever you guys put on your mailer they expect that. So they read that. That's one of the reasons why they want to sell. If you take four or five weeks to do this, who knows where they're going to go? Your chances of closing go down and down the more time. So just keep it moving forward, I'd say. Yep. And that kind of links in with that systems bottleneck too, with uh, like, you don't want these, you don't want to not speak to them for two weeks. Like you need to be on top of them and let them know like everything's moving forward and uh, we're going to close this here in X amount of days. Um, but I'm sure we have this, this is the last bottleneck I have. I don't know if you have anything else. I'm sure you have it too, Dan, is hiring. Um, yes. Yeah. And I think hiring, like there's a point when you can't do this by yourself. Um, whether you have to hire a VA from uh, overseas and pay them whatever um, and have them do some data work. They're really good at repetitive data work over there as far as getting, scrubbing out things. We use them for scrubbing. We use, we use VAs for quite a bit of stuff. And if, for those you don't know, that's a virtual assistant. Um, there's plenty of sites online where you can hire them. But uh, hiring in general past that is you need to get, let's say you're a salesperson and you've been doing data, but you don't like the data part. You need to find someone to do the data, price your mailers, because that's probably a, a, a bottleneck in itself is the mailers if you don't like it. 
Daniel and I have a good split. And then we also, I, we didn't like the due diligence and the title work and all that. So that was the first person we hired an American full-time and uh, she does an amazing job. She's more than worth what, uh, what we're paying her. And she does a really good job for us. So I, I think that hiring po point, you can't delay it off too much. Yeah. And one thing I do want to emphasize, if you guys are new or you haven't done it, this episode might be overwhelming. You're like, oh my gosh, there's so many different things that you don't have to do really any of these. Don't worry about these bottlenecks. It's as time goes on. It's not like you're attacking these right off the bat. When you send out your first mail, I'm trying to hire. It, it, it comes in stages, right? You, you'll know when you have to hire. Like you'll, you'll get hit with deals and you'll be like, I, I'm getting too stressed out or I'm too busy or maybe you just don't want to do it and you have extra money now because you're making deals happen. It's not like you need to attack these things preemptively. I think you need to have them in your head and know when these bottlenecks are going to hit. And then, and then take action when they do. But I wouldn't, I mean, besides like system and CRM, I wouldn't really get ahead of this stuff. Systems and CRM, you can build out whenever you're ready, really. But yeah. other than that, I do not, I don't want people getting stressed out because this, especially for new people, this episode might be really overwhelming. So I just want to emphasize that. These are just guys, these are just common bottlenecks that people run into. Um, it's not like you need to hire someone for your first mailer. Uh, obviously don't do that. Maybe you have a partner, great. But uh, these are just bottlenecks that we see most students run into at some point. Right. And like Daniel said, they're going to come in waves. Most of the time, you're not just going to sit back and be 100% happy with where your business is. And that's probably, you're not going to grow if you're like that. Like we always kind of, there's always going to be something there that you want to improve on. Even us, like we're always trying to hire, trying to improve our systems. Um, and that might be, it's not necessarily a bottleneck. It's not stopping you, but at the same time, it's something to improve. Uh, but like I said, these four or five that we mentioned are things that we see from our students and they're all in stages. It's nothing like, like I said, you're obviously not hiring someone to start. So just like Daniel said, don't get overwhelmed by this. This is just, maybe you go back to this podcast in a year when you're doing whatever, uh, $50,000 a month or something, and you need to kind of be pushed by us in this podcast to hire someone. I think that's what it's kind of meant to be used for. Exactly. That's all I have. You have any last remarks? No, I think that's great. I think that's going to be helpful. Uh, try to get past those guys when those, especially those first couple, a lot of people are on those first couple and that's where we see people get stuck and then quit the business or nothing. If you get that first mailer out, a lot of good things are to come. Yeah. So first, the first step would be get over the fear, buy a course, um, invest in your future. If you really know you want to do this, invest in your future, buy a course. And then the next hump I'd say is the mail hump. And you got to invest in mail and keep that going. And good things will happen. The other bottlenecks are really down the road. Don't worry about those. Exactly. Fear is the biggest thing in my mind. Other than that, guys, thank you so much for joining. Uh, visit landinvestingonline.com. Join our free Discord. Ron and I are very involved. Hop in there, say hi, ask us any questions you have. We're happy to help you guys with whatever stage you're in. Even if you don't want to do this, get in there. There's tons of investors. It's a good place to network. Other than that, thanks for joining. Thanks, guys.